Good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners. This is Dan Olivo once again this week, and I am with Marketatomy LLC, and I am the host of this program. And we have back with us once again, Brandon Falcon with Falconics. Now, I invited Brandon back because we got to talking on one of our other podcasts about a book that I had read several a few years ago and he was so enthralled by it that we thought oh, we got to get this on our book review segment so that's what we're doing today we're going to be talking about the book by Gina Wickman called Traction and this is his first book the one that I was introduced to several years ago I spent time at a seminar talking about this book it was really really good so welcome back Brandon thanks for having me yeah I'm excited yeah, no, definitely. So when we were talking and you mentioned this book, um, you were talking about how you were introducing it to your team members and you were sitting down and you were coming up with a plan. How is that going? Yeah, definitely. We're still actively utilizing it for a uh, same purpose. I would say we, we've tweaked some of it to fit our, our individual needs a little bit more. Um, you use a lot more um, automation to assist with it, but uh, it is an active daily thing. Uh, literally today, working from it again. It is. It is. So let's just delve into this book and let's talk a little bit about it. Okay. Like I said, you just recently read it and the whole book talks about what's called the EOS, which is the entrepreneurial operating system. Okay. And it's a, it's a model business model approach that is designed to give your business traction for growing and Saving on time, trading time for dollars or dollars for time, basically, is what it is. Can you explain what you got out of the book? You know, what, in your own words, what is the EOS model? Talk yeah. about it and explain it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So really, the, the main goal behind it, my, my perception of it, is uh, it's, it's mechanical, the best way I, would, I, I think of it, or how we kind of incorporate it. Um, there's, there's rules for a lot of it. So um, meetings should be this long. Solving problems should be this way. Um, there's a lot of robotic steps. And at first, it gets you a little – I feel like the first feeling is it's a little off-putting. It's like, well, why is there just rules for everything? I, I know my people better, or I know myself better. I don't need this. But in reality, what I feel like what it does best is keeps you in line from going down these rabbit holes of just chasing your tail or so on and so forth <laughs> of uh, – yeah. Solve problems. And I think that's where I've really found the most benefit or my team's found the most benefit. And I, and, the process I, works. And, and I agree with you. It does get to be a little bit too structured. Okay. Yeah. And that structure sometimes takes the fun out of it. Yeah. Right. But it is structured to the point where um, you can interpret the model the way that you want. Yep. Um, it's, it's basically built around six hogs or six pieces. And those pieces, the EOS system is made up of these six cogs, which focuses on vision, which uh, it primarily is, um, am I communicating the vision to my team members and to everybody that is concerned, right? And then the second part is data, which mm-hmm. knowing your numbers, knowing, you know, how are you going to streamline those kind of things, Okay. And then you've got processes. Again, that gets back to the streamlining. Let's scope down our, our, our time commitment. Let's find ways that we can streamline the processes so that we can make money faster. Yep. 
And then we've got um, issues, have solutions in place for issues that could crop up. That's where strategic planning comes in. Yeah. Right? And then you have your people. Are the right people in the right seats? And all of that boils down to traction, you know, gaining that traction, which, uh, you know, which includes the rocks, the, the, the goals, the meetings. That's when you were talking about that very structured approach. Yeah. So talk about how you and your team are implementing these six pods. Yeah. So, um, I, like I said, we've taken it a little differently. What I've done with it, and I, I've incorporated it into what I consider channels in our organization, so key channels. So uh, we, we really divide ourselves into separate categories of, of what we provide, more so industries that we work in. And so what I do is I actually use a system to build out the sub-industries as if they're independent companies. Uh, and this allows me from a high level to kind of understand where my, my sub-companies, where are they at? What are they doing? What are they producing? How are we solving problems? Uh, and then I take some of those best practices, more so in, in, in micro-environments, and then replicate it across the organization and other areas. Uh, the areas I think that I found the most success with, though, uh, is how do we how do we measure success? And I think the EOS system very well outlines these are the metrics to go by um, uh, for success and such. And, and I've really enjoyed that portion of it the most, I feel like. No, definitely. As a strategist, one of the things that I work with my clients on is, is basically you need to know your numbers. Okay. Yep. So you need to know what your competition's numbers are. You need to know what your numbers and how they compare to your competitors, you know, so that you know where you have to make those process improvements, all of that. That's where that data factor comes in. Yeah. <laughs> so as a strategist and a sequencer, a lot of what Gino states in his book did not come as much of a surprise for me because this is what I've been doing for, you know, many years. He did offer some really good tips incorporating it. And like you said, he does get into a very strict process to introduce this. And this book has been widely accepted within um, the lean startup aspect of things. And for those that don't know what we talk about with lean startup, it follows the same process that we're talking about with this book. As you're reading this book and as you're implementing, how do you see the traction aspect taking hold? I mean is okay you you've started implementing looking at the six pods within the traction model okay and explain to me or describe to me how you see that happening within your organization i think the best example is uh, again on the reporting side of it um one of the things that they mentioned throughout the book was a the key of the, of the reporting so obviously that's a simple portion um but measuring things like the client successes and so like that should be a key indicator as well uh so what we did is we incorporated that into our um level 10 meetings we don't necessarily call them level 10 meetings but our versions of level 10 meetings uh and we color coordinated them and coordinated them first and we thought that that was a simpler way of versus putting a, a strong or hard number on something we said green yellow red keep it simple and i know they mentioned variations of that throughout the book um, and we've, we've kept a lot of it like that and left a little bit for interpretation because I feel like at times that's what allows for the startup to have a little bit of a success if you have good accountable people uh, and my people thrive with that. So like, okay, what do I need to do to move us from yellow to green or from red to yellow? Um, it looks a lot more achievable than thinking I need to move us from a two to a 10. Um, and that's a lot of steps. And, and that's one of the things that we've kind of incorporated. We, again, we took it from a couple different areas. Yes. And that shit together to work for us and feel momentum. 
<laughs> and then, and then that's the main thing we have to look at is this book gives us some good guidelines, but you have to customize it to your business. And I like what you're saying as far as green, yellow, red. Okay. Yeah. And where are we, you know, when we're in the red category, okay, we've got a ways to go yeah. to get to the point, you know, but if you can, if you have a range in there and this is what's really important is when we talk about data and your numbers is you need to set those numbers ahead of time. What are we going to shoot for this month? And then do your report card every month to yep. see where you stand. And it's it's not just the numbers because what plays into those numbers are the processes. It is the issues that you solve. It is the people that you put in place. It's an interdependent relationship between those six cogs. Absolutely. So um, let's see. Uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room, okay? Let's talk about what Gino describes as letting go of the vine. And we all have this issue. What he's talking about there is delegation. And you and I have had this conversation because we both struggle with delegation to a point. <laughs> so talk about how you personally are adapting to the delegation side, letting go of the vine, letting your team members make some decisions and, and take the lead on certain things. Yeah, definitely. So I think first off, they mentioned to make sure you have the right people aligned. Uh, yeah. And that was the first thing I kind of did a self-evaluation and, and kind of assessed, are we where we're need, we need to be? Do people need to be moved around? Um, lucky for us, most of our leadership was the right people. We made the right decisions from the get-go. We were, were happy. And a lot of them had been trained up into those roles. Um, but with that being said, um, the letting go part is definitely hard. It's something I had to struggle with. And to this day, I still struggle with it. I, I want to take control and want to run with things. Uh, and at times, we had to realize that things can operate better when I'm not so in, 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 the, in the midst of it and, and stuff like that. And I actually allow the people that are good at what they do run it. Um, so um, we more so defined uh, four roles of support under my role. Uh, and I literally have to times just say, hey, here you go, here you go. And I have to understand, I have to trust that, they're, that they know what to do. There's a process in place that they can follow and they will be right. successful with it. Uh, and I've learned that oddly enough, doing that, I freed up 30 or 40% of my time. Exactly. Uh, stress level in half. Uh, and we're more efficient because right. they, they know what to do because there's a process and they can just take it, run with it and make the right decisions. And I, and I love that. And I, honestly, it took me reading this book to understand what they actually meant by let go if you put everything else in place, there's a process, there's a people aligned, they're good people, and there's a system to calculate that you don't need to get in the middle of it. Trust the system. Right. And there's, and there's two aspects to this that we have to keep in mind, too, is we have to train our team to trust the process. Yep. Okay. So you don't want them reaching right out to you. And then you have to trust your, you have to trust your customers to understand the process because you don't want your customers like me reaching out to you every time you're teaching me to go to Tyler for certain things. <laughs> yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. Having a process yeah. in place and, and trusting the, that everyone gets it. And one of the things that we implemented was having leadership go through the audio, uh, like the audiobook version. Uh, right. afterward. So I have, I've been through it twice now, the actual book and the audiobook version. And then I had leadership go through it as well. So we aligned. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, and, and this is not a book that you're going to get it all in the first week. Oh, yeah. yeah, I agree. You, know, you do have, it's, it's, it's more or less like a Bible. 
yep. you know, for your organization that you have to keep in mind. Okay. Um, and then Gino also talked about the four critical components that make the idea of delegation easier. Okay. Mm -hmm. To accept and buy into. Let's talk a little bit about what we're, what we mean by that. Building a strong leadership team, breaking through barriers or ceilings, meaning organizational, personal team barriers, integrating one singular operating system, meaning the EOS system, and then finally maintaining an open mind, growth-oriented outlook while demonstrating vulnerability. So yeah. that, that vulnerability aspect tends to, to, to trip people up as well. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about those four. First, building the strong leadership team. Yeah, uh, I think uh, strong leadership team one is is crucial. If you don't have the right people, it's going to be very difficult to scale by yourself. Um, like I said, in, in our instance, we were very blessed to have good people already aligned uh, and understand the vision and agree that the vision, uh, we're all going in the same direction, best way to put it. What would you consider a leadership team, a leader, in your opinion? Is it somebody who's just good at what they do? Is it communication skills? Is it interrelation with team members? What, you know, what, what do you consider a leader? Uh, yeah, on my side, I think it depends on the role. So um, let's say, for instance, finance, we're, we're very transparent and honest about this internally. So uh, I, I say this with, I think you're organization needs this. And I think this is, again, the last uh, step of it all. Um, mm -hmm. Understanding what your strengths are. Um, people like our accounting side is really good with, with steady, consistent processes. They want this every single time. They have strong communication skills as well, but their strengths are processes. My personal strength is communication. Uh, I'm a great networker. I'm a great communicator. Uh, I can also get stuff done if I need to, but sometimes I get in the way and identifying that. Uh, and then some of my other, uh, uh, I, I'd say get get things done type of people. They're, they're, they're good. Their strength is just making it happen. Uh, those are usually a mixture of communication skills with, uh, uh, with the actionable items where they can actually stay focused and do it. Um, so we actually have two of those types and we have myself, which is more so a communicator and then, and a thinker, and then the accounting side and finance side, more of a process person. Right. Uh, it makes a really nice system when we know we have strengths and we know, you know what, even though this has not ever been defined as your role or my role, this is someone's strength. This is going to that person because it's going to be done the best by that individual. Once we identified that and, and, and our leadership team, um, things got accomplished significantly faster and it's a, a much higher quality. So yeah, I definitely think it's a good idea to identify what those strengths are and, and kind of move the business a little around based off of that. And, and what kind of barriers, you know, or ceilings do you see in the different leadership areas? Okay. For instance, say finance and hiring or, you know, what, what kind of barriers do you see? Yeah, definitely. When we started growing exponentially, I think more so uh, would be when we identified, again, those strengths and allow those people to have the freedom to, to make the processes for those key areas. Uh, and, and then, also guide the conversation around that as well. So they have the, the option of kind of saying, okay, this is how we're going to do it, guys. We all agree that you are the expert in this, that we're going to move forward with that type of structure. Once we agreed on that and started, uh, started growing and incorporating it consistently, that's when we started to see that break through the ceilings and so on and so forth. And we had less hurdles. Um, again, personal experience, that's how we kind of incorporated it. We, we moved it around a little bit. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. 
Um, and then um, the, the fourth point was maintaining an, an open mind, growth-oriented outlook while demonstrating vulnerability. You know, to me, the vulnerability aspect, when you're, when you're working with employees and team members and stuff like that, that can get in the way when you are the owner or the boss. But the other thing is, I find that when I'm working with my team, I want input from them, um, you know, visionary input from them. I want them to feel as though they can say, hey, I think this would be a cool idea to introduce, yep. you know, that type deal. And engaging that with them, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I think out of all of these, this is the one that I, I adjusted to the quickest because it's a... Uh, I personally think this way. I feel like being very transparent, open, and uh, like you mentioned, vulnerable. Um, I think that is a strength that a lot of leaders don't don't actually necessarily have. They always want to show strength 24-7. I'm not mm-hmm. saying emotional breakdown. What I'm saying is this is where we're at. This is what we want to accomplish. We agree this is what we want to accomplish. How are we going to go about doing it? Let's discuss it. Uh, and, and again, it's not – I know the book kind of covers the fact that it's not a um, – an open dialogue at times there needs to be a person that takes it and runs with it more so that, that, um, that, uh, not the visionary role, the, uh, implementer role. But with that being said, I think if most, again, this is how we structured it. We have a couple people that where we do it departmentally like that. So based off of your department, your strength, you wear that hat and you run with it. And that's been a strength of ours where we can give right. honest feedback, positive or negative. Um, I'm the first to say, did I, where did I mess up? What am I lacking? Where can I be better? The people around you are the ones that know you the best. They're going to be able to get the best feedback. And I, I personally think that's a, yeah. uh, a true win. <laughs> as long as they feel comfortable doing that, you know, exactly. which if that's up to you to build that into your teams. I mean, me, I know, I don't know it all. You yeah. know, I don't claim to know it all. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, and, and I find myself personally, I enjoy, um, really bringing in these young college kids because they have some great ideas that are just amazing. So this book has left its mark on the entrepreneurial landscape. And there's much more we can sign off on, more valuable information, but we can't get into all of it here. Now, I know you started reading the second book, right? Yeah. What is the name of the second book? Oh, it's not traction. It's another simple word, just like traction. It was... um... So what is it? What is it expanding upon? Yeah, it's actually giving the actual life process of actually seeing it implemented in an actual business. Um, so traction being, or the EOS system as a whole being utilized in an actual business day in day out. Day out what that actually looks like, the the realignment of leadership, the the exits of some leadership, the inter, uh, the entering of, of of new leadership, uh, even all the way down to the 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 core employees understanding based off the scorecards. Where do they align in the, in, in the process and such? And, uh, and then the ex- exceptional growth that they saw once fully implemented on. Uh, so it was really cool to kind of hear it more so the story around the business, uh, especially if it's a very similar business to what I do. Uh, yeah. Does. So it was very easy to picture ourselves in their shoes. Well, that's really interesting because, you know, when you say that, I, my very first book I ever published was called um, – what to expect when expecting a business. And it's a very simple, when I originally wrote this book, I wrote it with the idea I was going to publish four books total. Mm. And the second book, which I haven't written yet, and I need to write it, is um, 
Mark Anatomy, the body dis design or something like that. Because mm. the first book explained the market atomy concept. Yeah. Okay. And the five stages of the market atomy concept. The second book was going to take a business through the process, you know, the market atomy concept. And then yep. the third book was designed to take a failing business, a dying business, and bring it back to life. It was market atomy, um, the Lazarus effect something mm. to that effect. And then the fourth book I was going to do as a video book. And it was, we were going to interview 10 entrepreneurs who have taken their business from napkin stage, you know, self-funding and everything to a successful business. You know, so it's, it's funny that you mentioned that the second book is actually taking a company through yep. the, uh, the traction program and the EOS system. Yep. Yeah. I, I just yeah. read it called Get a Grip. That was his second book on Get it. Get a Grip. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, um, you know, I, I was really impressed when I read the book um, and, and sat through the seminar. And when you mentioned it, I said, oh, yeah, this is one of the books that we need to, to review because I think it is a must have for um, for business in general, not just um, uh large businesses with manufacturing, if you can implement this EOS system right from the very beginning, yep. you will eliminate a lot of those headaches that small business owners go through. What would you give this book? One to five stars. Oh yeah. I would say definitely a solid nine. I feel like it, nine <laughs> over and above. They over and above delivered, huh? <laughs> yep. Yep. I like, uh, I like it a lot. <laughs> well, I think, cool. Cool. You know, and, and yeah, like I said, most all startups can definitely uh, utilize and implement on it. Yeah, yeah, we all we all can, you know, um, take advantage of some of the lessons that are taught not only in this book but in many of those business books out there that we've we've talked about. You know, we recently had done um, uh, a review on the E Myth by Michael yep. Gerber. You know, that's another excellent book. There's so many books out there that are really good for. Um, entrepreneurs to, you know, basically have on their bookshelf and, you know, refer back to them time and time again, and this being one of them. And speaking of books, Brandon and I have our new book called Social or Sociopathic, dropping this Monday on the 17th of May. Um, it is on Amazon. You can go into Amazon and you can order it called Social or Sociopathic. It talks about the increase of social sociopath in the virtual environment. And now that we are moving into the virtual environment more and more, we have to protect ourselves against these social sociopaths who will take advantage of us. And then also it, it delves deeper into how to set up your business as a credible business online. That is the end of this podcast. Brandon, I thank you once again. You want to let our viewers know how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a bit of pleasure. Um, they can contact me, obviously, all social media channels for the most part. Um, you can find me personally uh, under Falcon Brandon um, or our company under Falconics, Inc. Very good. Very good. And again, this is Dana Oliva with Market Academy LLC and host of Charged Up Studio. We'll see you again next week. Talk to you later. 
And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.